Well, hello, and welcome to The Insecurity Project. I'm your host, Jamin Fraser, and I am on a mission to end the unnecessary suffering caused by the fear of not being good enough. We've all got it. We've all got to work through it. But thankfully, there is a clear, intelligent, and complete solution to the insecurity problem, and that is what this project is all about. Hope you enjoyed today's program. Hey folks, you're on the Insecurity Project with Jamin. Another, another coaching session today, which is always such a treat to be able to be invited into someone's world to facilitate change, um, but an extra treat that they're willing to share that journey with you, the listener. So if you have the privilege, privilege of listening to Lauren today, uh, make sure you give her all your love. Uh, thanks, Lauren, for being willing to be on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Um, okay, well, you've heard a coaching session I've done before. You've been interviewed as um, in terms of your own journey, so you're kind of familiar with how this works. So um, let's dive straight in. Tell me a bit about what's going on for you and what you'd like to see changed. Oh, gosh, everything is going on for me at the moment, and I think that's my biggest challenge is uh, getting a bit uh, flustered from life in general and feeling like there's so many things going on and not staying on top of all of them as well as I'd like to and probably stressing more than actually actioning anything. Um, that's, yeah, sure. that's a big challenge for me at the moment. <laughs> so yeah, lots of energy in terms of thinking about it and worrying about it, but not that energy is not being directed into actually doing stuff. Is that what you're saying? I think I tell myself that nothing is actually happening. I sit there and I think about it and I stress about it and then it just it just doesn't get done as well as I think it should be done. And whether that's just my myself telling myself that yeah, sure. or whether it's actually happening, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, is Would you have described yourself uh, as a perfectionist? Is that a, a, a way that you think about how you operate life? I think over the years I've learned that that's not real. Um, so I've given myself the benefit of the doubt that I've, that I will never be perfect and nothing I do will be. Yeah, cool. Okay, but great. To an extent, yes. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, well, I mean, you're familiar with this space. So like this really is all about you and you getting more of what you want. So I, I have no vested interest, no agenda other than to serve you. So yeah. Uh, that that's a really clean space to have a conversation because it just means there's no judgment. So whether you should be feeling like this or shouldn't be feeling like this, this is how you're feeling. So, cool. um, you know, if, if we show up and just be curious, we can explore what's actually happening. And that awareness always gives you more choice as to how you can change it to, to be the way you'd like things to be. So um, why, don't, why don't we start with that? Why don't we start with how you would like things to be? And then we'll work our way back from there. So what's the ideal scenario for you when you think about your day, when you think about your energy, when you think about getting stuff done, making progress? How do you, how do you see the ideal? The ideal day for me would be not getting anxiety every time an email came through and okay. just being excited about it rather than, oh, shit what's come through now or you know every time my phone goes off getting anxious about who might be calling me or different things like that because I feel like everyone thinks that I'm doing so well and I don't feel like I am yeah sure. <laughs> and I would just love to get through a day where I feel like I've accomplished 
a lot. And the only way I do that at the moment is by making lists and ticking things off as I do them. And that's the only way I know that I've accomplished something for the day, but my body and my head just tell me otherwise. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Well, okay. So there's a bit of the imposter syndrome kind of showing up for you that you are struggling to um, break through. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, a part of it is Instagram and social media because I'm spending so much of my time helping other people get through, uh, you know, their anxiety and their mental health. And I'm good at doing that, but then at the same time, I'm sitting here not knowing how to pay my bills or anything like that. So from one aspect, there's success. And then from another aspect, there's not. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, well, um, acknowledge how real you're being, and and just to remind you that gives your you saw, <clears throat> excuse me, that gives you a great gift because um, obviously that's frustrating. Obviously, it's not the way you'd like it to be, and so yeah. to, to actually let go of that and go, well, yeah, but but it is my reality. So mm-hmm. the moment you do that, it gives you the chance to go, well, well, why is it your reality? What is it that's creating this pattern? Why is that? showing up again and again when it's not the result that you want and you're working super hard to change it yet it hasn't changed mm-hmm. um so keep keep talking to me about the ideal so i'm getting the sense that uh, there's a bunch of stuff that you'd like not to have happen yeah. but what would you like to have happen in the ideal scenario for how you lived your life and did what you did i would because i work for myself there's not the normal nine to five and I, my ideal would to be to get to the end of the day and pick the kids up from school and feel like I've worked as hard as everyone else that did do a nine to five. Um, because I work from home and I, you know, it's, it's very flexible, the jobs that I do at the same time, seeing, you know, my sisters and, and stuff like that do normal jobs. I don't feel like I'd, do enough and I'd love to get to the end of the day and feel like I have done enough um, in in life and in work um, to justify stopping at the end of the day. Um, that, yeah, that actually, when I say it out loud, that is my whole problem. <laughs> Your whole problem? Well, that's what I'd love to do is just get to the end of the day and feel like I've done as much as everyone else. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> And if you could get to the end of the day and have done as much as everybody else, what would that mean to you? Ah, this is, I guess it's just comparison that I'm doing right now. Um, it would just, it would mean being able to relax and then feeling like I'm allowed to relax and that I'm allowed to switch off my phone, that I'm allowed to, to you know, close my laptop and it's not lazy to do so. Yeah. Because um, I feel lazy. As soon as I stop working, I feel lazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, that's some interesting language there. I don't know whether you noticed the the reference to allowing yourself. You'd, you'd be allowed. You'd be allowed to relax. You'd be allowed to switch off because um, <laughs> that would satisfy the conditions of the rules you've set up. Um, <laughs> so, So what if... What if you played with the rules of the game so that you still got the end game, but the you still got the end prize, as in being able to be relaxed 
um, being able to switch off, being fulfilled, having done what you wanted to do. But what if you were able to change how you got to that point? Would that be an interesting conversation? Yeah, it's, I think it's a definitely a conversation that I've needed to have for a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I learned this from Anthony Robbins, just the idea of values and rules, because uh, often we get into trouble uh, in our experience of life because of the rules that we've set for ourselves. And those rules are often beneath the surface. So you don't really see that they're rules. They just, it's just how you live your life. And it kind of feels like, Oh, it is what it is. This is just what happens for everyone. But to take a step back and review the data and be objective about, you know, the patterns and the stories gives you the chance to see what's happening. And if you can see it, then you can change it. So the values and rules piece is really cool because, um, in order to feel like a good person, we have to live aligned with our values. Mm. Is that, you're okay with that? So if you value health and you find yourself, you know, overweight or, or not eating well, well then you don't, you don't feel great about yourself. Um, or if you value friendship yet you find yourself disconnected and, um, you know, too busy, then you don't feel good about yourself. Or if you value, um, you know, parenting and you feel like that your job's taking you away from your time with the kids and you don't feel great. So, um, we, we feel great when we live aligned with the things that are most important to us. The interesting thing is that um, in order to actually know that we're doing that, living aligned with the things that are most important to us, there are unconscious rules and measurements that we've set up at some point in time to know when we get to tick that box. Yeah. And, and the rules are the, are the challenge because often those rules are written at a time, uh, you know, a long time ago when we had limited awareness, limited maturity, often their rules based on someone else's suggestion or someone else's expectation. They're not rules that are really high quality and, and perhaps rules that haven't been worked hard to achieve. They're just kind of default rules that somehow started. Yeah. So, you know, for instance, someone might have a value around health, but their rule for when they get to give themselves a tick for being healthy is, you know, I've got to have been at the gym, you know, seven to 10 times during the week um, and eaten zero sugar. So yeah. that's great. But you know, what happens if somehow they get, you know, they go out with a friend and they, they, the friend gives them some cake and all of a sudden they've eaten sugar now by their own rule, they're unhealthy. So they're going to feel bad about themselves, even though they still been at the gym 10 times in the week, but now by their own rule, they're an unhealthy person. Yeah. Um, so the rule let, let's let's explore the rules that you've set up for yourself as to when you are allowed to relax, when you are allowed to stop. What what are the conditions that must be satisfied before you get the reward? I think it's money going into the bank account. Okay. <laughs> Someone paying invoice. <laughs> money in yep cool yeah well so imagine imagine you had to teach someone else to do life exactly like you so imagine you've got a work experience student and their their job for a week is to be you to do everything just like you do so you can't miss out any steps in the year 10 you know so kids these days aren't that bright um <laughs> yeah. you know, so you're gonna you're gonna have to you're gonna have to hold their hand and not miss out any steps and you know so all right, so there's got to go money in. When money's going in, that's that's a good thing. What else has got yeah. to happen before you are you are allowed to relax 
switch off and um, feel good about your achievements? Emails have to be at zero. Zero. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, just all communications between myself and my clients be taken care of for that day. Yeah. And the kids have eaten a, a good dinner. Kids eaten well. Yep. And I've done the dishes and the house is clean. Yeah. And yeah, everything just ha- oh yeah, that everything has to be perfect. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, what else? I reckon there's some more rules that maybe are a little more subtle, but if you're really going to help this year 10 work experience girl out, you, you can't leave those, those out because otherwise she's not going to be like you for the, for the week. So um, there's some things. I'm also just, a no sugar person. No sugar. Cool. Right. Zero sugar. Right. Yeah, I feel like a bit of failure if I do. Yep. Um, lists be made for the next day. Yep. Everything must be in its place. Yeah. And, oh, gosh, there's just, yeah, everything has to be in its place and scheduled and on top of everything. Mm, Yeah, cool, on top of everything. Sounds fun. <laughs> Not want to say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool. What about? I reckon there might be some other things as well. I'm just guessing here. You're you're the one with with the rules, so you'll tell me whether I'm right or not. <laughs> but I'm wondering if there's got to be some feedback from you, or you've got to see, hear, or feel something from someone to get a tick. Like there's got to be something external happen. You know what, considering that I work from home and there's no one else around to see how hard I do work and how early I get up and how many things I do during the day, um, feedback is one thing that I don't get and that's really big for me because I feel like it's a big reason why I don't feel like I've done enough. Yeah, sure. So although you're home alone um, and no one's there with you, uh, is there is social media part of the feedback loop that is is your tick, is your rules? If I do a post, mm. um, you know, obviously it's better for my engagement and the fact that I'm connecting with people. If you know, the more comments, the better. Yeah. Um, but that's probably one area that I do lax myself on, and you know, take let loosen the reins. Because I've found, you know, in the past, if you obsess over social media, it can just take over and bugger everything. So that's probably the one area I do make sure I'm not caring about too much. Okay, cool. So that's that's really interesting what you said around the feedback piece. That's the one thing you kind of need but don't really get. Mm-hmm. So doing all this stuff and no one really gets to see it. So even when you do do it perfectly, there's a rule that says, um, yeah, and I probably do need someone else to notice that I've done all this, then I could really relax. Um, And yet there's no one really to see. Kids are probably too young to notice Mm -hmm. or to give you that validation. 
So yeah, a lot of the stuff I do is thankless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, which is interesting. So um, potentially that's an area that's creating a lot of pain for you and, and keeping you in this cycle of uh, don't ever feel like I've, I've done enough to, to really switch off guilt-free. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, hmm, what's, what's happening inside you as you're kind of hearing, seeing this list out loud and, and even that observation around the feedback, you don't get enough feedback. What's really thinking and feeling about that now that it's more clear? Uh, it's making me a bit emotional. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, mainly because I do know how hard I work and how early I get up in the mornings and how much I do for everyone else and I never expect anything in return and it is really hard doing, you know, motherhood's thankless and um, working for yourself is pretty thankless as well and the only way you can judge how hard you work is how much money is going into the bank account. So mm. it is... Um, it's a, yeah, when you talk about it out loud, it's pretty hard to listen to. <laughs> mm, yeah, sure. So again, an invitation to really let go of all judgment. So yeah. even, even laughing after you say something emotional is a judgment. You are, you're saying something honest and something real and then, and then laughing in case I or anyone else listening says that that's silly. <laughs> Can it's you see a that? Mechanism. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. And that's why I bring it up. Yeah. That's why I bring it up. Because when you defend against others, you also defend against yourself. So you create a space where it's impossible to do the awareness you need to change this. Because it's not yeah. it's not actually safe to be totally honest and vulnerable about this in case what you say is wrong or silly or dumb. Yeah. So we're gonna need a, a really judgment free space for you to just turn all the lights on and mm -hmm. um see what you need to see. So yeah. it's a difficult thing to let go of judgment because that's what we do it for. We, we judge ourselves to protect ourselves from the judgment of others. Yeah. Um, so I, again, I invite you just to let go, let go of all judgment and just be curious and, and even be a dispassionate observer just to imagine you're looking in on someone else's life and just, just looking at the patterns that they were running and just, just being clean and even scientific about it. Just, just looking for patterns. Yeah. Is that okay? Yep, that is fine. Excellent. Um, so tell me about that emotion again and just don't judge the emotion, just explore what it's, what it's saying to you right now, what, what, you were, what you were really wanting to say there without diminishing it. It's, it's just my head screaming for someone to say thank you and um, someone to acknowledge that I do work really hard. <laughs> yes. Hmm. <laughs> um, there's a real gift right now on the table for you. I'm not sure if you can see it yet. Uh, it's a, it's a life-changing gift that you've just opened the potential for mm -hmm. any, any idea what that gift is? Can you, can you see the gift in this for you yet? Oh, that I need to give myself more credit. 
Um, that's that's close, but that's that didn't sound like a gift. That sounded like well, another thing to do on your list. Is it normal that I'm oblivious to the gift? Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, sure. Is it okay if we explore this gift? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, cool. So I don't know if you've heard me talk about my two favorite coaching questions uh, you know, question one, what's the problem you're most looking to solve and, and question two, are you sure that's actually the problem? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you've, you've done some really good work in terms of what's the problem. You could go, I, I'm clear. The problem is I just, the problem is I don't have the feedback that I crave. I don't have anyone in my world who's thanking me for the hard work and that sucks. Yeah. And so I'm in this deficit all the time. Um, so it's not, a, it's not a problem around um, doing more stuff. It's not a problem around anxiety. It's not a problem around time management. It's a problem around feedback and affirmation and, and validation, which is you know, really cool to get clear around what the problem is. Because if you're not sure what the problem is, if you think it's a time management problem or an anxiety problem or a list problem, then you're going to keep spending more time trying to patch the hole there when it's, that's just a symptom. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it looks like the problem is you don't have enough people or anyone actually um, acknowledging what you do, and um, so that's that looks like what the problem is. But the next question is really useful. Are, are you sure? Are you really sure that that's the deepest level of of the problem? <clears throat> because if that is, that is a problem and maybe it is right, maybe that's a problem. You, you need to find more people to notice what you do and to give you that direct feedback. And if you could get that direct feedback, it would mean you'd feel better about yourself and you could rest and stop and relax. Um, so if that's yeah. a problem, then, then your solution is to go find those people is to go get those people in your world and give them the role of, um, your affirmer, your validator, the one who acknowledges and notices what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but are you sure that's the problem? So when I think about it more and more, I'm starting to realise a little bit more about it. Um, and it comes down to um, my family praising my you know my brother-in-law and my sister who have normal you know you you traditional jobs and making lots of money and always going on about how hard they work and all their you, um the things that they can afford their holidays and um still organizing things knowing i can't I'm not as flexible. I don't have as much money as everyone else, but I'm expected to be on the same level and be the same as everyone else. Um, and because I don't work a traditional job, I don't work as hard. Mm. Um, and even on the weekend, my dad said that um, my brother-in-law gets paid so much because he works every day. I was sitting in the back of the car thinking I work every single day too. But no one's there to tell me that I work hard. 
Mm-hmm. So it really it stems from my family. Mm. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, don't be sorry. No, thank you for going there and, and exploring this on some depth. Um, now, remember, I don't have any vested interest in this and my role is just to serve you, which means uh, I don't need to get caught up in the story and my job is to get you out of the story, in fact. Yeah. And to help you solve this long term. Um, because if I were a friend now or someone who cared about you, then um, the appropriate response would be to speak to the pain that you've just shared around uh, your family. But you can't confuse me for someone who cares. Yeah. Uh, that's not my value to you right now. So, so instead, my value is to go, that's actually not the problem. Um, the patterning around... The patterning around identity and validation and and therefore insecurity, like which it all comes down to, um, you know, wanting to feel valuable, wanting to feel like a good person, and and an insecure position is to not feel good and not feel valuable and to feel there's lack. So, it's a big scary word, but that's and the patterning. There's a form of insecurity around this, and so typically when people go to solve the insecurity problem. And they think, well, where did this come from? They go exactly as you've done and go explore the pain. They explore the times they've been let down. They explore the ways others impact them. And, and, and it sucks, right? Because you deserve better. You deserve to be understood. You deserve to be loved and valued and to be recognized. Like that is what you deserve. Um, so it looks like this is a problem that's been created by the people in your world who've let you down. So it looks like this problem is created outside of you. Um, and if it looks like the problem is created outside of you, then then naturally, where do you look for the solution? Outside of me. Outside of you, exactly. That's, of course. Um, the problem with that is it positions you as a disempowered victim, waiting yeah. for the world to do what you deserve. And you've been waiting a long time. And I'm not sure that it's getting you what you want. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. So the, the game-changing piece of information here, if you're ready for it, is to realise that this problem actually wasn't created outside of you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that when the people in your world, you know, didn't give you what you deserved at, at an early time in your life, you had to make sense of that and understanding why, why are they doing this? Why don't they see me? Why don't they love me? Why don't they acknowledge me? And, and you've had to, you've had to work through that. You've had to put some sense on that. You've had to understand why that happened and what it meant about you. And so what kind of meaning do you think invariably you've, you've picked around that experience? I've just, I feel like I've just been the victim in my own head. Yeah, sure. And the, the value I bring is to help you take the power back. It's to help you actually let go of that. Well, and, and only if you want to, right? Because being the victim is actually a wonderful thing. It's a, I always think about the victim 
space, almost like a, um, you know, the Qantas frequent flyer rewards card, which is probably one of the best rewards points cards that are, that are out there. Not like the Woolworths rewards card. Are you a Woolworths rewards card person? I am, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw the data on, on what you're getting from Woolworths rewards. And it's it's horrific. Like you've got to spend about a, about a million dollars to get $100 back or something like that. Um, maybe that's an exaggeration, but it's a very, a very clever way of collecting data from you about what your spending habits are so that, so that ads can be targeted toward you. Um, there's not a lot of loyalty you're getting in return, but that's, uh, I don't have an agenda to drive against Woolworths. I'm just saying it's not one of the, it's not one of the greatest rewards cards. Um, uh, Qantas is a better one. Um, there, there are some other ones, but the, the point of my story is the victim card, it, it accrues lots of reward points it's a really valuable card um because when you use that card you get pity you get um identity you get respite uh, you get validation you get an escape that's some that's some cool rewards So I don't suggest people cut up that card lightly, by the way. I don't, like, I don't like using that card, to be honest. Oh, no, no, that's not true. If you didn't like it, you wouldn't use it. Like Human Psychology 101 is brutal. It's like really brutal. It says we only behave in a way that rewards us. If we didn't get anything from it, we wouldn't do it. Like we're not that silly. So everything we complain about or tolerate, that, that is not ideal but we keep doing it must be rewarding us like that that is that is the cold hard truth of our behavior so I, I get that it doesn't you know saying it out loud being the victim it doesn't sound fun but if it wasn't fun if it, you weren't getting something from it um, weren't getting energy like blame is fun blame's nice to be able to point the finger at someone or something else gives us energy even the anger and frustration that it produces gives us energy it it also helps us sleep at night because it gives us comparison. It helps us be the martyr. It helps us go, look at what I can tolerate. Look at what I'm up against and still find a way through. Um, I must be a good person because of how badly I get treated and yet I don't let it stop me. Um, so there's a bunch of things that are rewards that get accrued on that card. Uh, is that okay? Yeah, I, I agree to, I do some aspects of it and then there's ones that I definitely am confident that I don't do. So, but there are things that I definitely do do. <laughs> and it's great. So, so you're really close to, to being ready to let this go. The, the point yeah. is um, you're totally welcome. Like you are within your rights as an individual with 100% certainty to, to keep blaming the people in your world who don't acknowledge you. Like you do deserve better. It's not okay that they don't. It's not okay that you get compared to people who, um, you know, earn more money and somehow that be decided that they're more valuable than you. Like that's that's not okay, especially from the people who love you. Like what what is that? Um, so you're within your right to blame them. The, the only problem with blame, like, uh, well, there's only one as I can see it. There's only one downside with blame. Any idea what what the one problem with blame is? it puts a responsibility on someone else other than yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So it just leaves you without any power to fix it. 
So again, it leaves you as a powerless victim waiting for someone else to behave better. Yeah. So that's a, that's a problem just because it means that's very unlikely to change your life and get you what you're after. So, so in fact, responsibility is much harder, but all change, all improvement starts and ends with responsibility. Yeah. So when it comes to solving the insecurity problem, that's why a hundred percent responsibility is one of the essential practices because uh, it's how change happens. So, so to apply responsibility, he goes all the way back to the start and goes, right, it wasn't what was said or not said or done or not or not done by your family that's created this insecurity. It's when those things happened, what did you make them mean? How did you, how did you understand them? What, what story did you tell about why that was happening? And um, it, it's tough. It's a tough gig, right? Cause as a kid, when you think I'm pretty sure my parents and my family are the ones supposed to love me unconditionally. If they don't, it's super hard to tell a positive story about that. So this is a challenge every single human goes through. Um, But nonetheless, it is, it is the challenge. It, It is the process to, and, and more importantly, no matter what meaning you've chosen as a child, the process is as an adult to go back and review the data and go, hmm, it looks like, you're right, when I was young, I did, I did think that that was about me. If I was a better kid, if I had worked harder, if I was smarter, if I was stronger, if I was different, then, yeah, then my parents would have validated me. They would have accepted me. Then I would have been okay. So there is something wrong with me. And so then you're constantly behind in the game, trying to make it up, trying to prove, trying to earn so that you can get that approval and acceptance that you crave. Yeah. Um, But what if you're never going to get it? Like what if no matter what you did, it would never quite be enough or it would be different or it wouldn't quite fit the box. And so you would never fully get it the way you want it. And even if you did get it the way you want it, maybe you doubt it like, uh, now my dad's just trying to be nice to me. Does he really mean it? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the biggest things I've always said to myself, or, you know, when someone asks you, what's your biggest goal in life? If there was one thing that you could have, and I said, I just want my parents to be proud of me. Mm. Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) Uh, It's a common thing. It's a very common thing. And in terms of the patterning of growth as a human being, um, I don't know if you've heard me talk about the chief validator before. Have you heard me use that language? Yes. Hmm. So typically one or both of our parents get given that role uh, when we're kids. We put that badge on their chest and say, hey, it's your job to, to approve of me and I'll work out what I need to do to get that approval. And some parents do better at that than others. But remember, they're battling their own insecurities and dealing with their own inadequacies and <laughs> trying to live their own lives. So it's a tough job for parents to get that right. Um, you know, so. The point is even when parents do that well, it's still not often enough. Um, so the aim of the game as an adult is to do what though with that badge that you've pinned on your parents? Justify it. <laughs> um, no, it's to, well, the aim as an adult is to actually take it off them mm-hmm. and, and do what with it? 
use it against them? <laughs> no, not even. Not, <laughs> I mean, I mean, there are a lot of people who are highly motivated by what someone said they couldn't do or wouldn't do or shouldn't do, and they're hell-bent on proving that person wrong, which is a wonderful motivator, right? Like people do all kinds of incredible things because their parents said, don't do that or you shouldn't do that. or And so there's this drive, I'll show you. But then when they do, when they do get there, when they do tick that box, have a guess how long that feeling of fulfillment lasts for. Not very. Not very. Not, and then what? It's like, huh. Now my whole life was about proving someone wrong and they weren't even, they didn't even care really. Like, yeah, that's a, seems like a lot of energy to be wasted. It seems like the people to me that do the biggest and most effective stuff don't actually have anything to prove or even anything to defend. They show up with their cup full and are then able to do stuff because they like to. Those people are, are naturally quite relaxed and um they their presence is very strong uh so back to the badge you know the process of a child pins a badge chief validator on mum or dad or both of them it's your job mum and dad to make sure that you tell me that i'm worthwhile and i'll work out the rules of the game so that i get that from you Um, the aim of the game as an adult is not to justify that badge or use that badge against them it's to actually do what passing the blame or the responsibility? Um, no, as, as an adult, because remember the adult, adult is the mature, the mature version of us. It's the best of us. The aim of the game is to fully become an adult. The aim of the adult is because you're still going to need validation, right? It's not like you don't need validation and acceptance. So someone's got to, someone's got to be the chief validator. If it's not going to be your parents, who, who are you going to pin that badge on? so that's your best chance that's in fact that is the adult piece to validate your own existence to look into your own eyes and say hey lauren i love you i accept you you're all right i see you i see you i think you're good yeah and there's nothing to prove and there's nothing to defend you can't lose this acceptance you can't lose this value you didn't get it by doing stuff. You got it because of who you are. And I see you. Mm-hmm. Hard stuff, but profound. I can still remember that process of my own life. And I, I found a particular mantra super useful. And that was, uh, hey, Jamin, I deeply love and accept you. Hey, Jamin, I deeply love and accept you, even if you were to sell not one more book. I still deeply love and accept you even if your kids grow up not to like you. I still deeply love and accept you even if your wife was to leave you. I still deeply love and accept you even if you get no more clients ever. I still think you're great. And like hard, hard to have those conversations with myself because I, I was so desperate. No, no, I have to have all those things. I have to. Without those things, I'm nothing. And it was the conversation you know that's not true at all that's not true those things are not who you are you are not what you do you are not your relationship you are not what others say about you how can they possibly know who you are or what you're worth they're battling their own stuff their their own and they're projecting their own needs and wants onto you anyway (sighs) 
So back to this gift, right? You realize that the problem is you're not getting enough feedback. Uh, And the challenge is the people you want to give you that feedback are not well equipped to give it to you. Yeah. But there is someone else available. There is someone else there who has the capacity. In fact, they're the only person who really has the capacity to give you what you're looking for. Me. It's, it's all you. <laughs> it's all you. You, you. you have what you need. You're the only one who has what you need. It's not some, oh, well, uh, I suppose no one else is going to give it to me, so I have to give it to myself. That, like it's not it at all. It's like, oh, my goodness, I could be my own refuge. I could be the one that notices me. I could be the one that gives this gift. How about that? That's incredible. <laughs> like huh, imagine if that was your sole job, to be the one who noticed you, to be the one who thanked you, to be the one who accepted you. You're already yeah. doing you're already doing the work, you're already adding the value, you already know who you are. It's just the acknowledgement that you crave. So it's just like when I high five myself when I make an awesome dinner for the kids. <laughs> it is, but it's to do it it's to do it with all your heart and with integrity and to realize that it's not a some poor substitute for being lonely or some poor substitute for not being understood by others. This is the upgrade because there are not many people who ever work this out, to be honest, as you, I'm sure you are aware. Most people still run the external strategies. They think insecurity was created outside of them and they are looking for others to fill the void. And sometimes people surround themselves with a bunch of yes people. And sometimes their parents, like there are some people's parents that put their whole life on hold for them and they're their undying cheer squad. Um, but is that is that as really as wonderful as it sounds? Like, do you think those people are more happy and fulfilled because they've got a bunch of people in their world constantly blowing smoke up their ass? <laughs> do you think that they still fear what happens if these put like, imagine if you've got a bunch of people who are always acknowledging and accepting you. Could you imagine the pressure they feel to keep that up to, to keep playing the game, to keep, performing in a way that everyone loves them it's it's the challenge that elite athletes experience all the time like you can imagine someone who's at the top of their game they get a lot of external affirmation they are worshipped until they're not the fastest person anymore then guess what's happened guess what happens to them yes no one remembers them they're discarded they are no one with nothing and if that's been their whole strategy you know no wonder elite athletes experience depression and drug addiction and suicide like that's a dangerous position to find yourself in so it's not finding it from yourself is not some cheap substitute it is it is you evolving as a human being it is it is upgrading it's actually finding this in a way that works and is meaningful. Yeah, that makes sense. So much sense. <laughs> how, how does it feel? Yeah, I mean, 
it's a lot of hard truths, but like there's a lot of it that I understood coming in and talking to you because I've, you know, I've been a single mum for years now. So you do learn to do that for yourself, but I think you're your harshest critic at the same time. So it's a, a balance of you think you're doing all right, but yeah. then you're probably being nastier to yourself than you need to be. And, yeah, sure. And balance it out. <laughs> Can can you see the key distinction around whether the self validation piece is a you know a cheap substitute for what you really want, um, which is how a lot of people do it. They kind of yeah, I know I'm supposed to love myself and accept myself, but gee, it'd be nice if someone else was doing this instead. <laughs> or can you see what yeah, happens? When you, when you, when you, sorry, I'm guilty of saying that. Yeah, but can you see the power that happens when you go, oh, my goodness, hang on a minute. Um, the self-love piece is not the cheap substitute. It's the goal. It's the real prize. It's yeah. the thing that changes everything. Imagine what would happen if you came into the world with your cup full already. You started the day full with nothing to prove it, nothing to defend. You didn't need to have anyone say you're awesome for you to feel good. You just were already there. Like imagine what you'd be capable of. Imagine how that would impact the work you do in the world. Imagine how that would impact yeah. um, the people you work with. Imagine how that would change your level of presence and how relaxed you'd be. Like yeah. all that you really seek is not on the other side of people acknowledging you. It's, it's as a result of you acknowledging you. That's the gift. If you want that, if you want the gift and, un- and are willing to unwrap that, that's the gift. Yeah. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Hmm. And it's hard. <laughs> of course it's hard, but so is what you're currently doing. That seems pretty hard too. Yeah, shit. So you're already doing hard, so you may as well do hard that's actually solving the problem rather than hard that's just exacerbating the problem. Yes. Yes. Mm. Uh. Um, okay, so how would you sum this up? What's been the most meaningful insight? What's been the light bulb that's you're going to take away from this conversation? Oh my gosh, so many light bulbs. Um, I think the biggest one was, I think playing the pity card with my family and when it's just me pitying myself, it wasn't actually anyone else. It was just me telling myself I'm not good enough and not giving myself enough credit and then it, Instead of trying to find validation for my family, I need to give it to myself. Mm. Which will help my kids too, because then they'll learn to do it too. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. It is really the gift, the biggest gift you can give to them is show them how this works. Yeah. Yeah, they're at the ages now where they question everything and one mm. thing I don't want them to do is question themselves. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, interestingly, you, you don't have the power to prevent that happening. No, no. 
Um, even the perfect parents, if that such a thing exists, <laughs> they can't. Because you imagine like if, if, if all that was necessary was you just had to tell your kids they're awesome and they can do anything and you love them and that's all that a kid needed. Well, every parent's done that plenty of times. Yeah. Um, but that's not what it is. It's the kids are a sense-making creature themselves. They are a storyteller. They are placing meaning on experiences. They're deciding what it means. So you can't protect them from storytelling. The, yeah. the, the biggest gift is to show them how to show them how to tell new stories, show them how to review stories, show them how to undo stories that you've told at a time when you thought you were telling a story that made sense, but then in a way it's limited you. That's the gift for your children. Mm-hmm. Uh. Hmm. Um, so sure, there's work, work to be done, but that feels like an okay place to leave the conversation. It feels like a complete conversation for now. Um, does that does that feel the same for you? Would you be okay if we left it here? Yes, I stopped crying now because I feel like I've got something that I can action. Hmm. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> Oh, I acknowledge you because uh, you you had to be willing to have that conversation and willing to see something very confronting but very empowering at the same time. So I acknowledge yeah. you for the way you've shown up. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's leave the conversation there. You've been listening to The Insecurity Project. I hope you found the content and conversations useful. And remember, you are not just the actor in the story, you are the storyteller. You have the ability to turn this all around. For more information about overcoming insecurity, check out theinsecurityproject.com.